0: This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky, coming to you from New Athens, Illinois.
1: This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from St. Louis, Missouri, where I serve as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church.
0: And together we are
1: Wrestling Wrestling
0: with with the the Basics. basics. Um, Matt, we, we want to talk about curmudgeons. And, and I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon, but I do have a couple of complaints, okay?
1: Here we go again.
0: <laughs> well, okay. N- number one, you, you know, in order to do this the way we're doing it now, you know, you're in one place, I'm in another place. So I have to send you an email, right? Inviting yes. you to record with me. Tell everybody what happens to my emails.
1: <laughs> Inevitably, every email from Pastor Jolly John goes straight to my junk email box.
0: So, so this is what artificial intelligence has brought us. My computer is judging me because <laughs> it happens. It's not just your computer. I don't care who I send it out to. It all, and, and I know what it is. I know my computer is saying, oh, I don't even know why I work for this guy. All right, I'll send it out. But I'll let the other computer know it's just junk. Throw it into junk.
1: Heads up, it's right. going to be junk.
0: <laughs> so just think what li- when artificial intelligence takes over, what life is going to be like. Um, <laughs> curmudgeonly complaint number two. Now, you're, not, you're too young to get your vaccine, right?
1: Oh, that's right. I am probably far back in the line, John. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, actually, I think Fauci said probably the end of March. Well, that's not uh, so bad. And so, so it's getting closer. But Lynn and I, are, of course, we're older. In fact, I'm now 68 years old just turned on february 18th yeah i know 68 we, wild john 68 man i'm getting old so <laughs> we we've uh we, we've i've had both of mine lynn's had had one of hers but here's lynn got a sticker i didn't get a sticker
1: <laughs> well wait a second <laughs> yeah, she
0: got a sticker that says i've been vac- not me i don't no, get a sticker
1: no lollipop no sticker come on what a ripoff yeah
0: so anyway, that was that's why I wanted to bring that up. So when you finally can get a vaccine, be sure to ask: Do I get sticker. a sticker? Yeah, and a lollipop. That's a good idea too. I wish I would have thought about that. Of course, because if you get a shot, you should get a lollipop.
1: Well, you would think so. Yeah.
0: So now you make me feel even worse, though, because I didn't get a lousy lollipop either. <laughs> Uh,
1: well, thanks for the heads up, John. I will be sure to inquire about the sticker and lollipop when I go.
0: <laughs> so and by the way, we're not trying to be funny because it is a season of Lent,
1: you know. Of Lent. That's right. But, That's right.
0: But 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 we are this is has to do with our discussion because we want to discuss what do you do as a Christian with a curmudgeon. Okay. Uh and as I expressed to you last week, my my curmudgeonliness. Uh, has to do with all of these novelties you young whippersnappers are bringing into the church. <laughs>
1: okay. All right, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this whole ash stuff. We never did that when I was a kid. Um, but but here, I want to read something from the Confessions, and then we're going to get into your discussion of how you deal with a curmudgeon. Um uh, Concerning all of these practices, this is what our confessions say. To settle this controversy, we believe, teach, and confess unanimously that the ceremonies are church usages which are neither commanded nor forbidden in the Word of God, but which have been introduced solely for the sake of good order and the general welfare, are in and for themselves no divine worship or even a part of it. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So, so that's the first point. You can do all these things, but remember, this is not divine worship. This has no command. It has no promise. That's what we talked about last week. That's why baptism and preaching and the Lord's supper; those are really, really you got to do that. You got to do that all the time because they got promises from God of His forgiveness and His mercy. Do you do you have the confessions in front of you there, Matt?
1: Uh, I believe so, John. It was it came to my junk email, but I was able to print them <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> so, well, could you read though what else the confession <laughs> say? Because this is what I, as a curmudgeon, have to remember. So, so you need to read this to me about the we Good. believe yeah. in teach. Yeah,
1: yeah. Where? Let me see here. Okay, we believe. Okay, we believe teaching confesses. That where we're at, John.
0: Yep, that's it.
1: If we were in the same room, if we were in our. Single Uh, light bulb closet over at uh, the radio (laughs) station would be a whole lot easier. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. We
1: believe, teach, and confess that no church should condemn another because it has fewer or more external ceremonies not commanded by God. As long as there is mutual agreement in doctrine and in all its articles, as well as in the right use of the Holy Sacraments, according to the familiar axiom, disagreement in fasting does not destroy agreement in faith.
0: So as a curmudgeon, that's what I have to remember, okay? If, if, if having the imposition of ashes does not make you holy, having the imposition of ashes doesn't make you sinful either. It's totally external. It doesn't change anything either for the good or for the bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and so if I'm going around judging people because they're doing this, then I'm the one that has sinned. And now let's talk about that because the Bible actually addresses that issue of people who think something is sinful that really isn't sinful. So, how do we deal with curmudgeons like myself, Matt?
1: Yeah, Where do go? John. Let's a uh, good point, so I, I really like that, that, that last point. But um, yeah, let's go to First Corinthians chapter eight. So last week we wrestled a little with First Corinthians seven. First Corinthians eight is another tough passage. All right. Um I think we're going to have to read most of this, though, John. Uh, okay. Chapter eight is only what thirteen verses long, so it's not that long. But I think we're going to have to just read it to get some context and understand what in the world is this chapter even talking about. So, 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 listeners, you know, pay attention. Uh, here we go. We're going to read the whole chapter and keep in mind that uh, curmudgeonly <laughs> attitude of John and, and where he might fit into this chapter all right john could you mind reading the the whole chapter i guess i think we're gonna have to not at all okay
0: now concerning food offered to idols we know that all of us possess knowledge this knowledge puffs up but love builds up if anyone imagines that he knows something he does not yet know as he ought to know but if anyone loves god he is known by god Therefore as to the eating of food offered to idols we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no god but one for although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth as indeed there are many gods and many lords yet for us there is one god the father from whom all things and for whom we exist and one lord Jesus Christ through whom are all all things and through whom we exist however not all possess this knowledge
1: Thanks, John. That was a mouthful, and we don't usually read that big of a section on Wrestling with the Basics at one time, but I think it's really necessary here to get that, that full point of, of what he's talking about. Now, we've been talking about ashes on Ash Wednesday, and, and Paul doesn't talk at all about ashes on Ash Wednesday in these verses, but he is talking about something that I think does relate pretty directly, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there, I think, as we discuss this, but he's talking about food sacrifice to idols, and he's talking about knowledge. Um, knowledge, especially those opening verses. Um, And I think it's important to recognize that that knowledge is a gift from God. Uh, That's a gift when it comes to knowing God's word and having a knowledge of it. Uh, That's one of the reasons we have resting with the basics. And so people can grow in the knowledge of God's word. That's a good thing. But Paul's also saying that when it comes to living out our faith, living out our faith in Christ, that knowledge is insufficient in and of itself. Uh, that knowledge isn't enough when it comes, especially to to living in community and to loving our neighbor. Uh, we also need something else. What else do we need, John? According to to Paul, not just knowledge, but faith.
0: Faith. 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 And what else yeah. in verse in Love. verse
1: one? Love. Oh, what, yeah. oh am
0: I supposed to actually be doing this. <laughs> We're actually using the text. Whoa. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> love. Love is what the answer is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I forget we use the Bible here, don't we? <laughs> you were just asking my opinion.
1: <laughs> well, faith is a good thing, too. You're right, John. Yeah. But but yeah, John, you know, Paul's there in verse one. Yeah. It, we, knowledge puffs up, Paul says, but love builds up. So yeah, knowledge isn't bad. Okay. That's a good thing. We want to know God's word. We want knowledge of his will for us, right? But knowledge in and of itself is just, no, it's insufficient. It's not enough, especially when we're talking about loving our neighbor. No, knowledge by itself, that's just going to puff you up. But love builds up. The Love also builds up. Yeah. So Paul's writing these words to what, what you might call the, the strong Christians uh, in the city of Corinth, uh, the ones who who had the right answers. They did have knowledge, and that, that's a good thing, uh, yeah. but they assumed that they had the right answers when it came to this issue of, of food being eaten that's been sacrificed in some way to an idol. Um, so, so just to give context, there in the Sea of Corinth, uh, they would have temples to these false gods, but these temples would also have banquet halls, uh, fellowship halls, reception halls. You'd have a, a wedding reception there or a birthday celebration, uh, an, an anniversary perhaps, uh, and you'd gather together. And sometimes the food served in these banqueting halls would be the food sacrificed to an, an idol, or sometimes even in the marketplace, uh, food would be sold that has been sacrificed to an idol. And I, the, the strong Christians here in Corinth, they they've got the right answers. They they've they've got the knowledge part of it right. And they know that idols are nothing, right? They're just pieces of wood or stone or statues. They knew that the food sacrificed to those idols, you know, wasn't it's still just food, and ultimately came from the one true God, like everything does. Uh, and they knew that the 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 weak Christians, uh, the the newer Christians in the congregation. Um, they were concerned about this food sacrifice to idols, or really just being kind of superstitious, maybe we might say, that their, their, their worries were unfounded, that it's okay to, to eat meat sacrificed to an idol because it's, it's really not real. Um, so the knowledgeable Christians seem like they think they have it all figured out, but Paul comes along in these verses and it's like he's saying, Well, not so fast. It's not quite that simple. Uh, the answers aren't that easy because you're lacking love here in your answers in your knowledge. Uh, yep. Yeah. The idols are nothing. They don't have any existence. There's, there's just one Lord, right? Um, you're not better off if you eat or don't eat, but, uh, think about your neighbor. Think about that, that one who's young in the faith, who's, who's new to the faith. What, what does that mean to them? Right. And Paul says, don't make your brother stumble. In fact, if, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Um, so, yeah, so so kind of to, to summarize that section, at least, John, um, is it okay to eat a meat sacrifice to an idol? Well, sure, it can be okay. Is it beneficial to eat the meat sacrifice to an idol? Well, perhaps not. Perhaps not. Um, love means sometimes not doing things just because we can do them. Uh, love means sometimes avoiding and saying things that can become a stumbling block, especially to a, another Christian, uh, perhaps one who's new to the faith. It uh, can become a stumbling block to following Jesus. So any thoughts on that, John, so far? Well, uh,
0: yeah, so so this whole business about uh, uh, the food, uh, making my brother stumble. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, the word there, Matt, is skandalizo, from which we get the word scandal, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you scandalize someone. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's also the word that's usually translated offend. Um, and, and I think that's what's really neat about it. Because, see, we use the word offend this way. You did something I didn't like. You offended me. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we need to understand that's not actually how the Scripture uses that word. Uh, you can't just say, I didn't like what you did. Uh, but, but, but it's something that you did that would cause your brother to commit a sin. That's what offense is. Uh, offense isn't just something. So, so okay, I, I don't like the fact that you give out ashes. I'm sorry that that's not an offense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, but on the other hand, if you would do something that would tempt me to do something that I would think was wrong. And that's the whole issue here that, Oh, well, they're eating it. Well, I don't think I should eat. It. Well, I, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. No, see, that's what a scandal is. Was. That's what it's a stumbling block. Uh, you know, it, and that's what they say at Jesus, isn't it? They, he is a stumbling block.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, but not, not not in a bad way, but in a good way, because he he's trying to help people to see that they're sinners. Well, I kind of got off track on that last
1: comment. Well, no, it's good. No, no, stumbling block, to scandalize, to cause offense, to trip up. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah trip up, things. yes. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, so in terms of what Paul's talking about, it, it's, it's tripping someone up, scandalizing them, causing them to stumble. But when it comes to following Jesus, <laughs> so yeah. I, I think, is there anything that you're doing that is causing someone to be stumbled, uh, to, to be tripped up when it comes to following Jesus? Is there anything we might be doing or saying that might be a hindrance to someone uh, hearing the gospel through us? I think that's kind of where it comes down to uh, in our lives. Um, is there something that we're doing that yeah, maybe that's fine to do? Maybe we're allowed to do it even as a Christian, but out of love, maybe we shouldn't do it, refrain from doing it. Um, One of the things, the modern example that came to my mind, John, was (laughs) um, social media.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Facebook and Twitter and and all those things. And as a Christian, can we post things on Facebook? Well, sure, we can, right? Uh, We can even post our political opinion on Facebook if we want, and all sorts of stuff. Um, That's not necessarily sinful. Uh, But Sometimes we need to give thought to, uh, how is this affecting my neighbor? Is this going to trip them up? Uh, is this causing offense needlessly? Um, you know, my neighbor probably knows I'm a Christian. Uh, is, is what I'm posting going to become a barrier to them maybe hearing the gospel through me or maybe cause them to second guess what it is to follow Christ? Um, so I think that's something to really give thought to is how do we use social media in particular. Um, there's this, I, I came in, one of our members shared a, an article with me from the wall street journal. We have a couple of members, you know, who you are, Clarence and Tom, and, and they, uh, they share, they share articles with me from all sorts of places, which, which I appreciate. Uh, but this one was from a congressman uh, this op ed. Um, and I'm not going to say whether it's Republican or Democrat, cause it really doesn't matter, but, but he's saying that he's not going to use social media, Twitter, Facebook, things like that, which is a big deal for a political person, for, uh, yeah. you know, someone who's, someone who's in that, that line. Uh, but, but he just writes here, and I think he makes uh, some pretty good points. Uh, he says, as a husband and father, I want to stop spending so much time looking at a screen and reacting in ways that are inconsistent with who I am, and most important, who I strive to be as a Christian. And while social media has proved to be a useful vehicle for sharing information quickly, no doubt about that, I've concluded that it does more harm than good to individuals and society alike. It tempts us to be reactive and feeds the worst of our human tendency to respond in anger rather than stop and think before communicating. The result is more verbal combat and less deliberate thought, all with language we often wouldn't use while looking someone in the eye. (laughs) And I think he makes some good points there. And so I think, you know, for each one of us, you know, if we're on social media to give thought to not only those congressmen's words, but more importantly to Paul's words, right? Uh, is what I'm about to post or tweet or share, is it going to be a, something that would be a stumbling block, trip someone up in, in their walk with Christ? And if so, is it really worth saying? We need to ask ourselves that. You know, Paul says, if food makes my brother stumble, I will not eat meat, at least I make my brother stumble. You know, maybe we could say today, if social media makes my brother stumble, uh, I will never post. I will never share lest it makes my brother stumble. Not that you can't do it, right? Post things on Facebook. But if it's going to stumble someone, I cause someone to stumble, trip them up. Boy, let's let's give it some second thought. Let's think that over first.
0: And 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 that's such an important point because I, I, we live in a culture now where it's all about us and about our rights. Just and, me and,
1: me, me, yeah.
0: yeah and, and you know what? I, I don't think we as a church have handled things as well as we should because it's kind of the position we've taken. Well, this is our right to do this and our right to that. We live in America. You know, we've got our – yep. and I'm thinking, okay, that's right. I'm not arguing with that. You're absolutely right. One of the great blessings of living in America is freedom of religion but I've I've wondered too, Matt. What impression are we giving to the people who are not Christian at this point? Are we giving them the impression, oh, that's what a church? You're just like every other organization. It's all about you. All about what your rights are. And and like, isn't that what Paul is saying? Paul, he's literally saying, it is my right to eat meat. I can eat any meat I want. That's what's yeah. great about yeah. being a Christian. Yeah. You know what? Here's here's why you want to be a Christian, Matt. We brought this out before, but I I I think it's worth repeating. You can eat bacon as a Christian. If that isn't a reason to become a Christian, I don't know what it is. It comes
1: back to bacon.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. But but if, see that's I think that's what Paul is saying. He said but no no, it's not about our freedom. It's about loving people, and and boy, particularly the way sometimes we speak. You're right on on social media, and you're right, too, because it's because we don't see people. See, Christians are really loving people. They really are. They have the spirit at work in them, and you put them in a situation where they're face-to-face people, and you'll see that, but unfortunately, Christians are also sinners, so you put them in a circumstance where they're not thinking about who may be reading or who they're talking to, they can say some pretty nasty things and we should be repentant of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You bet. For sure. You know, yeah. Free to eat meat, but I won't for my brother. Free to maybe post some toxic things on Facebook. All right. But but I won't do because of my brother. And I, I think that, that you know, this love for your brother is so important for for one key reason. So that's in verse 11, John, if you don't mind reading verse 11.
0: And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the person for whom Christ died.
1: Yeah, so this weaker brother, all right, is someone that Jesus died for, right? Yeah. And if you're putting a stumbling block in their way that would be a barrier to Christ, to their faith in Christ, well, then guess what? It's it's almost as if you're starting to nullify what Jesus did for them, right? Now, now nothing would truly do that, but but if you're putting that stumbling block in the way, watch out, because this is a person for whom Christ died. And if you're doing or saying something to, to to cause a stumbling block to that salvation in him, you'll be careful. Be careful. Is it really worth it? Be careful.
0: And um, and, and Matt, the word here for destroyed is apolumai, which is a oh. very, very, very powerful word. See, I think we might just, oh, that's just Paul. Yeah, But, but no, no, Paul says, and, and you're right because it has to relate it relates to their relationship to Christ and that's got to be the most important thing in any circumstance or situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, John, I uh <clears throat> going back to your curmudgeon-y and your Ash yeah. Wednesdayness, you know, I I, I I'm going to I am going to. I, I know you kind of classified yourself as the weaker brother in this, but I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you respectfully, and I, <laughs> I, I. I think you're. You know, I think you're the the mature brother here in, in, in when it comes to knowledge. I, I really think you are. You've you've thought this through, and I think your your reasoning's right. That that ashes really aren't nothing. Are nothing when it comes to salvation. That that God's promises aren't attached to them like they are in word and sacrament. Um so I think you're you're in the position of the the more mature one in the faith here. So I then I think the question is then, okay, how do you view the brother who is doing the imposition of ashes, you know? Um what do you do? Do you do you do you take the ashes or not when you're there on Ash Wednesday? And I think then the question becomes all right, well, part of whether I do ashes or not is going to affect a certain extent of the people, so maybe I will get those ashes for the sake of the weaker brother. (laughs) uh, Just so that they don't look over at Pastor John and say, well, he's not getting ashes. Maybe it's wrong for me to get ashes. Um, So I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm convincing you, John. But, uh, you know, because I think sometimes for the sake of the weaker brother, we don't do things. But sometimes for the sake of the weaker brother, maybe we, we do do things.
0: You you know what, Matt? Now you've gone from preaching to meddling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you you've got a year to think it over before next Wednesday. John. So uh, give that some prayerful thought.
0: <laughs> you know what? And and I, I seriously, Matt, I said, because see, <laughs> see, that's the problem. We only think of it from our perspective.
1: Yes, I, I you know, know. I would say, well, so well
0: you're making me do something I don't want to do. But honest to God, you're right. I am not, I am not the weak Christian in this context. But I do need to think about who is the weak Christian and what's the best way to respond in their case. Uh, uh, well, Good for you. Nice, nice application, Matt.
1: <laughs> Maybe not the one you wanted to hear, but...
0: Oh, gosh, you, I tell you. Oh, boy. I have some words I would use for you, but I can't do it on public media. For the sake
1: of the weaker brothers and sisters listening. <laughs>
0: once we get off the line here... Watch out.
1: Uh,
0: um... All oh, right. Matt, but, but isn't that beautiful, though? Isn't that beautiful? See, because it is. See, see, that's not how we decide decisions on the basis of what we think is right and what we think our rights are. And, and that's the argument here. No, no, you always make the decision on the basis of how it's going to impact your neighbor. Yeah. What's the loving thing to do? You bet. And, and, and Matt, so I guess we need to add that. If, if you are dealing with someone who said, to you know, if you, if you have the imposition of ashes, you're going to go to hell. Then I suppose we would go ahead and do the imposition ashes right in their face, wouldn't we? <laughs>
1: yeah, it depends on yeah. it depends on yeah. what's tripping the person up, right? And yeah. what is becoming the yeah. barrier to Jesus, the the one for whom the one who died for us. Yeah. But well, we better cut we better call today here, John. We're going over we're, a little so we're over uh, yep.
0: Yeah. This has been
1: <laughs> wrestling, wrestling with, with, the, with
0: basics. the basics.